स्मार्ट कास्ट स्मार्ट कास्ट यूर लिसनिंग टू अंदुस्तान टाइम्स प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट हेलो एंड वेलकम टू दी एच ब्रांच पॉडकास्ट the weekly companion to your printed copy of HD Branch where i your host karishma kunzang from team branch give you a behind the scenes of what you'll be reading on sunday there'll be interviews with the biggest bollywood celebrities talking about things that matter to them you'll also get to know a little more about the columns by veer sangli and seema goswami from the columnists themselves why should you listen to it well it's one of india's top sunday magazines It has the best editors, columnists and opinion leaders bringing you what's happening around town. Listen on for an additional dose of brunch. This series is available on hdsmartcast.com, India's fastest growing podcast producing platform. Hey guys, how's it going? 4 years ago, YouTube sprung a song at me that I ended up listening to on loop for an hour. and i had to look up the voice behind rockabye which also featured clean bandit and shawn paul that's how i came across british singer songwriter and mary who's all of 29 and has already collaborated with musicians like david quetta nick jonas at sheeran james arthur and marshmallow the queen of collabs who's now also releasing solo work of her own is the hd branch cover star this week listen on for snippets from my conversation conversation with the millennial about how collaborations shaped her as a musician and a person what she thinks of fame and how she manages social media Hi Anne welcome to the HT branch podcast and congratulations on the HT branch cover let's begin with something every millennial wants to know were you team Britney or Aguilera I used to listen to a lot of Christina Aguilera because she would just do crazy riffs and and her songs are really just big. So I'd yeah. go up to my room every night and just try and copy whatever she was doing with her voice. But when it comes to appearance and I guess difference, I really look looked up to Pink because she was so different to everyone yeah. else out there. She had short hair, she wore tomboy clothes. and I was a bit of a tomboy growing up so I I feel like I always related to her more than anyone else um so yeah it was it was a it was a mixture again but I think appearance it was like Gwen Stefani and Pink and then vocal wise it was probably Christina Aguilera and yeah Lauren Hill people like that I, that I tried to copy Did doing so many collaborations before launching your solo career help you pave your path musically and beyond? I feel like it was the best thing that I could ever have gone through before doing my own career. I feel so lucky to have been able to experience all those things. I don't know how people just jump in and are supposed to know who they are and what they want to sound like straight away. So yeah. working with rudimental they showed me so many different types of music that i'd never heard of before and i everyone that i work with i take something from every every person i'm like oh i like that i like that i like that <laughs> and um 
that's absolutely what it did. It just totally shaped me as a, as a person as well, not just in the music industry, yeah, yeah. working with all these different humans and, and their points of view and their, their knowledge in life taught yeah. me so much. So I had had experience of being on stage, not in musical theatre. It was yeah. in the pop world in the music industry of, of that side, I had that experience before I did my own, but yeah. um, still it was, it was um, very different. I think when I finally went on my own, because when I was touring with other people, I was doing their music and everyone was looking at everyone. So yeah. I weren't really the main focus and I, yeah. I loved it. And then as soon as I, I did my own thing and realized that, Oh, yeah, everyone's looking at me now, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, that was pretty scary. But um, yeah, I totally would never have been the performer or person I am without experiencing those things with everyone before I got to that point. And what's your opinion of fame? Do you find it scary? Do you find it desirable? Uh, what does it mean in today's day and age, especially when there's you know um, social media as well? I feel like fame is quite scary to me because I feel like a lot of the people that I looked up to when I was younger, either really, I, I guess, just big moments in people's lives when you see people like Amy Winehouse and all of these celebrities going through a really tough time and it seems to be the headlines, that scares me so much, especially to do with mental health. So that that side of fame never really... Um, excited me too much and I always have felt like I wanted to break that mold of being someone that people just don't want to I don't know I can't really explain it but I've always I've almost wanted to make people feel like they know who I am without needing to search for it I never want people to look at me like I'm something special when they they want to scream at me or something like that. I, I've, I've never wanted that from fame or any of this. So I've almost done anything I can to break that mold of having the famous person there and the, the, the buyer there of, or the consumer of your music there. I've tried to equal it out as much as possible and show people that I am actually normal and I live life like you do and I struggle with things like you do and I'm going to tell you all of that because yeah I want there to be a more of a closer gap between between us I think when it comes to like obviously you have a big following so on your platform you need to basically be a role model or I I guess I guess you can be whatever you want, but for me, I need to use it for good. So I think the pressure of, of that is quite scary to me because I feel like I need to be that voice all, all the time, even though I'm making my own mistakes in life. I, that, that's the scariest bit is that I'm trying to help people through, but I also could be wrong. So that's yeah. quite scary. <laughs> and does it bring along a certain amount of anxiety as well? Also, if I used social media for a different thing and I was just always looking really beautiful and everything was perfect, I would have gone crazy by now. So I definitely yeah. feel like the way I've used social media is for me to be able to cope with it as well. So I've, uh, it's been, a, it's been um, 
yeah, strange, weird roller coaster, really. And how much do the number of followers really matter when it comes to social media? I, I feel like TikTok is um, a place where there is so much talent, yet people are are unheard of, and it's yeah, yeah. it's crazy how much, pe- how many people you come across that are like better singers than me. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I always tell people it don't matter how many followers you have, as long as you're putting out a good message and, you know, doing good for the world, you should do it on social media because someone will see it. Thank you, Anne-Marie, for your time and congratulations on the HG branch cover once again. always been a fan of pickles much to my parents disapproval which may have been the case because i tend to go a little overboard uh for example when i moved to bombay two years ago i came armed with my stash of pickles there was a raja mircha variant there was a bottle of bamboo shoot and dale which is a deadly uh, bhutanese chili and there was a uh, one chili paste but i'm always uh, also partial to uh, meat pickles ever since my dad went for a work trip when i was in class 7 and came back with a bottle of fish pickle i still remember the texture and flavors vividly and i haven't been able to find anything like that in years uh, but i have found some brilliant spicy uh, pork and fish pickles in the gullies of majnakatila and south delhi's humayunpur Here's what HD Brunch columnist V Sangvi has to say about meat pickles. Do you make pickles at home? Well, not that many people do any longer. I don't, but I remember my mom used to make the most amazing mango pickle, and probably because of that, I've been a pickle junkie all of my life. But there's one part of India's pickle tradition that is somewhat hard to get hold of. I remember what 15 years ago 20 years ago I was driving from Chandigarh to Shimla and all along halfway across on both sides of the road were shops selling meat pickles and chicken pickles so I stopped and I tried them and they were amazing and I wondered was there a non-vegetarian pickle tradition in India and this week I deal with it and guess what there is a huge huge tradition there are non-veg pickles all over India There's the Punjabi Shimla tradition of course but there's a northeastern tradition great pork pickles there's a goan mangalorean tradition prawn balchao various kinds of fish pickle it makes you wonder why we think of pickles as just being made of nimbu or chili or mango the truth is india eats all kinds of foods so why shouldn't we make up pickles non vegetarian as well I used to imagine perhaps wrongly it was hard to get a hold of meat pickles but it's not hard to get hold of them. One of the things you'll find out if you read my piece is that there are people often just housewives who make wonderful meal pickles all over India and will post their meat pickles to you or courier them to you if you know how to get them. So read the article, enjoy the pickle. I 
was about six years old when Diana, Princess of Wales, passed away in Paris. I remember feeling heartbroken, even though I may have been too young to realize what exactly was going on. But in a few years, aided by my crush on Prince William, I dug up all that I could about Princess Diana. And having been a fan of The Crown, I was actually looking forward to season four of the show, already crowning it my favorite, because it has a uh, Princess Diana, of course. I even watched the documentaries in the royal family available on streaming platforms in Impatience. Uh, so when I binge-watched it uh, the weekend it released, I really liked it, even though uh, the amount of fiction in it may have outweighed the facts. Something that H.T. Branch columnist Seema Goswami also points out. Here's what she has to say about the most anticipated season of the show. Much like the rest of the world, I have been binge-watching The Crown. And now that I have finished gorging on it, here are some random thoughts and observations. First off, was 80s fashion really that bad? All those pie-crust collars, dungarees, meringue-like gowns and that bouffant hair. I was in college at the time, so I decided to revisit my photo albums. And yes, The Crown got that right, absolutely. What it got completely wrong was the history. This series is just riddled with inaccuracies and owes more to Peter Morgan's imagination than actual events. So I ended up spending a long time shouting at the screen, no, 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 that's not how it happened. Anyway, the best thing about the show as far as I am concerned was the actress Emma Corrin, who captured the coyness and charm of Princess Diana perfectly. Where she failed was that she didn't capture the essence of Diana's personality, which was a strange mixture of naivete and cunning. But to be fair, that's the failure of the script rather than the actress. And the worst thing about the show? Well, it was Gillian Anderson's portrayal of Margaret Thatcher. I'm no fan of the Iron Lady, but she deserved better than this mincing parody-like performance. And a final thought before you go. Is it fair to plunder the lives of people who are still living and could be hurt by their portrayals in some cooked-up drama? I don't know the answer to that, but it's something to think about, isn't it? I remember when I first came across Akshay Johar. It was around 2009 and he was playing the bass with the Delhi band. I remember admiring his promising skills on the bass on stage and the girls swarming up to him off stage. <laughs> Today he goes by Mojo Jojo and his sound has evolved significantly with the focus on an electronic vibe. We got him to sing an acoustic version of Sone De, the second track from his upcoming album which actually also features Delhi musician Taisha Kohli originally. Hope you like this version of the song that's perfect for a lazy Sunday. Hi guys, this is Mojo Jojo and today I'm going to be performing my song Sone De for you. Originally the vocals have been done by Taisha Kohli and Akshay Obroy, but today it's just me singing. Uh, don't judge me, I'm not a singer. I wrote this song and I composed this song in April when I developed insomnia because of the lockdown. So here it goes. Sari raat mujhe neend naaye Bas tera hi khayal sataye Dil mera jive urda jaye Kyun na mele mujhe mujhe kyun turulaye Karwate badal raha hoon Ghan 
से सोची जाऊं कब तक चलेगा ये मैं थक गया थक गया हूं सोने दे मुझे सोने दे उम्मीद में लिपटे खाबों को सारी रात मुझे नींद नाए बस तेरा ही ख्याल सताए दिल मेरा जिवे उड़ा जाए क्यों ना मिले मुझे मुझे क्यों तू रुलाए करवटे बदल रहा हूँ घंटों से सोची जाऊ कब तक चलेगा ये मैं तक गया तक गया हूँ सोने Have a great Sunday brunch. The weekend is when you take a break from a hectic week, whether it's work from home or work from work. It's also a day to develop perspective on things by not just consuming news, but also analyzing it by listening to different points of views and figuring out what you feel about it. We hope we've been able to do just that with today's HD Brunch podcast. Feel free to give us feedback and suggestions on HD Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or DM us directly at HD Brunch on Instagram and Twitter. To listen to more podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com or suno nay nazariye se. I will see you back here next weekend with another dose of entertainment that keeps things real. Till then, happy brunching, guys. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.